This is a Flashbooks audio summary on BrainMaker, the power of gut microbes to heal and protect your brain, or life, by Dr. David Perlmutter, narrated by Dean Bakari. Crucial Quotes from BrainMaker New leading-edge science from the most well-respected institutions around the world is discovering that to an extraordinary degree, brain health and, on the flip side, brain diseases are dictated by what goes on in the gut. That's right. What's taking place in your intestines today is determining your risk for any number of neurological conditions. The digestive system is intimately connected to what goes on in the brain. And perhaps the most important aspect of the gut that has everything to do with your general wellness and mental health is its internal ecology, the various microorganisms that live within it, especially the bacteria. End quote. Quote, The Greek physician and father of modern medicine, Hippocrates, first said in the 3rd century BCE, all disease begins in the gut. End quote. Tweetable summary. Caring for your gut means caring for your life, physically, mentally, and emotionally. A quick overview of BrainMaker before we jump into the big ideas. Dr. Perlmutter is the only physician in the United States that's both a board-certified neurologist as well as a member of the American College of Nutrition. He's also penned several well-known health and nutrition-themed titles, most notably Grain Brain, which is a science-backed attack on carbs and how they're silently demolishing our insides. For more on that book, check out the Flashbook Summary Notes if you're interested. In his seventh book, BrainMaker, Dr. Perlmutter focuses on his decades and decades of knowledge and research from the fields of neurology and nutrition to reveal how we can tap into the powerful microbes within the gut to heal, to protect, and to promote the overall well-being of arguably the most important asset we've ever had, our brain. A few key topics that we'll be covering in this book summary. First one is gut microbes. We've got trillions upon trillions of little microbes hanging out in our gut. But just how critical of a role do they play on our overall health? You'll find out soon enough in this summary. We'll also talk about some simple strategies to better health. You'll learn about the super, super powerful, super, super simple science-backed practices that will help you optimize your overall physical and psychological well-being including how to overcome health challenges like obesity, asthma, chronic fatigue, and even skin-related illnesses. And finally, the next big topic that we'll be covering is the microbiome and its relation to your brain. You'll learn how this new science can help you or someone you know with brain-related issues and illnesses like ADHD, autism, anxiety, and depression. So, are you interested yet? If yes, let's dive into the first big idea. Big idea number one, the power of probiotics. Quote, much of what we know about the microbiome comes from studying so-called germ-free mice. 
These are mice that have been altered to not have any gut bacteria, thereby allowing scientists to study the effects of missing microbes or, conversely, exposing them to certain strains and watching what happens. Germ-free lab rats have been shown, for example, to have acute anxiety, an inability to handle stress, chronic gut and general inflammation, and lower levels of an important brain growth hormone called BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor. But these symptoms can be reversed once the rats are fed a diet rich in Lactobacillus helveticus or Bifidobacterium longum. Two common probiotics. Unquote. Wow. Probiotics, anyone? You know, we've got trillions and trillions of microbes that keep us healthy and happy all day long, 24-7, 365. But there's a heck of a lot more to health and happiness than just that. So let's take a look at your second brain, quote-unquote, to help us put things into perspective with big idea number two. The second brain. Quote, the neurons in the gut are so innumerable that many scientists are now calling the totality of them the second brain. Not only is this second brain regulating muscles, immune cells, and hormones, but it's also manufacturing something really important. Popular antidepressants like Paxil, Zoloft, Lexapro increase the availability of the feel-good chemical serotonin in the brain. You might be surprised to find out that an estimated 80 to 90% of the amount of serotonin in your body is manufactured by the nerve cells in your gut. In fact, your gut's brain makes more serotonin, that master happiness molecule, than the brain in your head does. Many neurologists and psychiatrists are now realizing that this may be one of the reasons why antidepressants are often less effective in treating depression than dietary changes are. In fact, recent research is revealing that our second brain may not be so second at all. It can act independently. It can act independently from the main brain and control many functions without the brain's input or help. End quote. So, wait a second. Aren't neurons only found in the brain? Well, apparently not. Here's a fun fact for you. 80 to 90% of serotonin, again, that naturally occurring neurotransmitter that contributes to our feelings of well-being and happiness, is actually produced in the GI tract. That's right, 80 to 90% of serotonin. That's your happy chemical right there, and it's produced in your gut. So if that's not a crystal clear indication that we've got to take our health more seriously then I don't know what is. Luckily, though, it seems that more and more psychiatrists and psychotherapists and other physicians as well are beginning to realize that it's a heck of a lot more powerful to help people and patients develop healthy eating habits fueled with an optimal diet rather than an unhealthy pill-popping habit fueled with the latest drugs being peddled by Big Pharma. An actionable insight from this big idea? Your gut health has a humongo impact on your brain health. Big idea number three, your gut powers most of your body. Quote, your gut has its own immune system. The gut-associated lymphatic tissue, or GALT, 
it represents 70 to 80% of your body's total immune system. Now, this speaks volumes about the importance and vulnerability of your gut. If the events that take place in the gut weren't so critical to life, then the majority of your immune systems wouldn't have to be there to guard and protect it. The reason most of your immune system is deployed in your gut is very simple. Here it is. The intestinal wall is the border with the outside world. Aside from skin, it's where your body has the most chances of encountering foreign material and organisms. And it's in constant communication with every other immune system cell in the body. Now, if it meets a problematic substance in the gut, it alerts the rest of the immune system to be on guard. Quote, now, now that we're aware that the gut's got enough neurons for it to be considered our second brain, let's talk about another interesting insight. Again, 70 to 80% of your immune system is in your gut. The majority of your body's immune system comes from the gut. And as we continue forward, what we'll do is we'll talk about some of the actionable steps that you can take with all this newfound info so that you can start learning how to prevent health problems and promote better living for yourself and those you love. Let's dive in to big idea number four. Big idea number four. To fix your mood, fix your gut. By 2005, antidepressants had become the number one prescribed drug class in the country. But these medications don't treat depression. Whether it's Prozac or Cymbalta, Zoloft, Elevil, Lexapro, Welbirin, or any of the other commonly prescribed antidepressants, these medicines simply treat symptoms, and only minimally so. To quote the author, quote, I am saddened by the fact that the billion-dollar psychotropic pharmaceutical industry is predicated on the idea that people will take a pill to treat symptoms, while the underlying disorder is ignored. Unquote. So there's never any real focus on actually curing or even improving the root cause of the illness, let alone getting people off the medication. All of the antidepressant medications currently on the market are designed to artificially alter neurotransmitter activity in the brain. Yet, when we consider the fact that these same chemicals found in the brain are also produced in the gut and that their availability to the brain is largely governed by the activity of gut bacteria, we are forced to realize that ground zero for all things mood-related is the gut. Antidepressant drugs treat the symptom, not the root cause. So in other words, the drugs mentioned just a moment ago don't get to the source of the problem and quote-unquote put out the fire. Instead, what they do is they act as band-aids placed over cuts that will not heal. And this idea doesn't apply just to depression either. Obesity is treated with a pill. Skin diseases are treated with topical drugs and more pills. Over 11% of kids are diagnosed with ADHD. And this means, you guessed it, more treatments that have to do with pills. And by the way, there's a reason why the symptom-based approach is so prevalent. In the book, Dr. Perlmutter reminds us that 
the official webpage of the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, clearly places more weight on drug-based treatment options, which, as you know, focus on the symptom, not the cause. For example, the CDC's homepage for ADHD includes information about symptoms and diagnosis, and then moves into treatment options as well, none of which include a dietary protocol. Nothing to do with changing your diet or your health or your nutrition habits, but rather pills, pharmaceutical treatment, symptom-related attacks. There isn't even a single mention of prevention. So what's an actionable insight you can take away from this big idea? Again, first, do not focus on the symptom. Focus on attacking the root cause. A symptom-focused approach, for example, would be to put drugs on top of the problem, to drug the problem, to take medicines and pharmaceuticals and pills and prescriptions. A root cause-focused approach might be, for example, something like adjusting your diet and nutrition plan. Big idea number five, change your gut, change your world. Quote, a team of UCLA researchers conducted a nifty little experiment published in 2013 that produced some of the first evidence that bacteria consumed from food can affect brain function in human beings. It basically showed how small changes in the gut bacteria affect how a person perceives the world. 36 women were split into three groups. Group 1 consumed twice daily for four weeks a yogurt mixture containing several probiotics. Group 2 ate a dairy product that looked and tasted like yogurt but did not have any probiotics. And Group 3 ate no specific product at all. At the beginning of the study, each subject underwent a functional MRI scan of the brain that was repeated after four weeks. Rather than looking at the structures of the brain, functional MRI scans evaluate brain activity so that researchers can determine which areas of the brain are active and how active they are at any particular time. Again, quoting the author here, when we neurologists observe such activity, we technically call it excitability, or how the brain responds to stimuli or changes in the environment. At the four-week point in this experiment, participants were shown images designed to induce an emotional response. Specifically, they viewed a series of pictures of angry or frightened people and matched them to other faces showing the same emotions. What the scientists found was absolutely remarkable. The women who ate the yogurt that contained the probiotics showed decreased activity in both the insula and the somatosensory cortex during the emotional reactivity task. End quote. What that means is something so incredibly powerful. Again, as Perlmutter writes, the fact that changes in our gut affect our brain's response to negative activity or emotionally stirring images is just absolutely mind-boggling. Mind-boggling is absolutely right. Here's an actionable insight, again, from this big idea that you can begin implementing today. Rather than talking about complicated neurological phrases and terminology, let's talk about something that you can 
apply immediately to enjoy sort of a sunnier disposition on the way you perceive the world from here on out. And again, the best part here is that it's insanely easy to do. Here it is. Are you ready? Start hooking yourself up with two servings of probiotic yogurt per day for four weeks to observe significant changes in your brain activity. In other words, eat yogurt, feel happy. Big idea number six. Diet is almost everything. Quote, in a beautifully written and well-cited review of what we know so far about the complex diet-gut-microbes-health equation, Canadian researchers stated the following. Overall, dietary changes could explain 57% of the total structural variation in gut microbiota, whereas changes in genetics accounted for no more than 12%. This indicates that diet has a dominating role in shaping gut microbiota and changing key populations may transform healthy gut microbiota into a disease-inducing entity. Let's just jump into what you can do to take some action on this quote here. Okay, so the first actionable insight from this big idea is that probably the highest leverage, most life-changing key takeaway from this book is this. Diet has the dominant role in shaping gut microbiota. Okay, and changing key populations may transform healthy gut microbiota into a disease-inducing entity. Now, if there's one thing that you take away from this book, that sentence is it. So if you want to dramatically change the trajectory of your overall health and well-being, do you want to do that? If so, change your gut. How do you change your gut? Set yourself up with a healthy diet and nutrition plan. Now, as the author notes again and again in BrainMaker, quote, I cannot reiterate this enough. The health and variety of your belly's bugs directly depend on the foods that you eat, unquote. So let's try to keep that idea in mind next time we think about turning into the drive through lane at the Golden Arches. Let's try to keep that idea in mind when we are fixing dinner for ourselves and for our families, when we're grocery shopping, when we're talking to our doctor. Let's be upfront about the things that we want for ourselves, for our health, the foods we want to eat, the nutrition that we're putting into our bodies. Let's be more conscious about the choices that we make in this regard, in this very, very important aspect of our overall health and well-being, of our happiness in life for ourselves as well as those we surround ourselves with. Big idea number seven. Avoid gluten and fructose like the plague. Quote, so what kind of diet makes for an optimal microbiome? I'll get to all those details later on. For now, let's focus on the top two ingredients to avoid when it comes to preserving the health, balance, and function of your belly bugs. I like to tell patients that cleaning up their diet to nix gluten and manufactured fructose while limiting natural fructose from real fruit is step number one in preserving the health and function of their microbiome and brain. Step two is managing exposures to chemicals and drugs 
that can also have health implications. End quote. Quick little side note, if you want an in-depth analysis of Perlmutter's ideas about proper diet and nutrition, you might want to pick up the full original version of the book. Back to this big idea. So what are the two things, again, that he advises us to eliminate completely from our diet pronto? Thing number one is gluten. Thing number two is manufactured fructose. Let's talk first about gluten. Perlmutter calls gluten the quote-unquote silent killer. Chew on this idea for a second. You'll know exactly why he does. For nearly three million years of human evolution, we ate very, very minimal amounts of gluten-containing foods like wheat and grains. This, though, has changed dramatically for us in the modern age. To put it in perspective, the average American downs over 100 pounds of wheat per year. And that's not including all the other gluten-containing foods that we consume. Altogether, that's a lot of anti-gut food that's not contributing to our overall health and well-being, physically and psychologically. Next, let's talk about manufactured fructose. Here's what the author has to say about manufactured fructose, like sugar. Quote, fructose has become one of the most common sources of calories in the Western diet. What are the most common sources? Fructose is naturally found in fruit, but that's not where we are getting it from anymore, at least not often. Most of the fructose we consume is from manufactured sources. Our caveman ancestors did indeed eat fruit, but only during certain times of the year when it was available. Our bodies haven't yet evolved to healthily manage the prodigious amounts of fructose we consume today. Natural whole fruit has relatively little sugar when compared to, say, a can of regular soda or concentrated juice. A medium-sized apple contains over 70 calories from sugar in a fiber-rich blend. Conversely, a 12-ounce can of regular soda contains twice that, 140 calories of sugar. A 12-ounce glass of apple juice, no pulp, is about equal with the soda, clocking in at the same number of sugar calories. Your body wouldn't know the difference whether the sugar came from a juiced batch of apples or if it came from a soda factory. Unquote. Let's dive into the actionable insights from this big idea. First one, eliminate gluten, or at least consider it, or at least, at least consider decreasing your intake dramatically. Next, eliminate manufactured fructose. Manufactured fructose. So, in other words, think about swapping out your soda habit with a water habit. Think about swapping out the Swedish fish for an apple. Think natural rather than manufactured. Also, keep in mind that artificially sweetened foods and beverages aren't good either. So, if that's your thing, it might be time to drop that too. Big idea number eight. The six keys to a healthy, microbiome, backed by science. Quote, 
I am frequently asked how long it takes to rehabilitate a dysfunctional or underperforming microbiome. Research shows that significant changes in the array of gut bacteria can take place in as little as six days after instituting a new dietary protocol. But everyone's different. Your brainmaker rehab will depend on the current state of your gut and how quickly you can fully commit to making changes. The following are the six essential keys to sustaining a healthy microbiome based on the latest science. End quote. So in this actionable insight, we're going to dive into the six keys that he lays out in the book. So he outlines the six essentials for sustaining a healthy microbiome. Here they are. Key number one, eat probiotic-rich foods. Some examples of probiotic-rich foods would be things like kimchi, live-cultured yogurt, and other fermented foods. Key number two, go low-carb and eat high-quality fats. Perlmutter recommends looking into a scientifically sound eating protocol consisting of high fats and minimal carbohydrate intake. Lots of good fats, like avocados and coconut oil, lots of good fiber from green leafy veggies like spinach and broccoli, low-sugar fruits, fermented foods, lots of nuts, and of course, good proteins like grass-fed beef, lamb, wild fish, and whole eggs. Key number three, enjoy small amounts of wine, tea, coffee, and chocolate. Small amounts is the operative phrase to bear in mind with this one, so keep that in mind with key number three. Key number four, eat prebiotics. Food options that are rich in prebiotics are foods like garlic, onion, and leek. Research for more options. Key number five, drink lots of filtered water. Chlorine, among many other chemicals found in some drinking water, is terrible for your gut. It's toxic, so get a water filter and enjoy a glass or many of clean drinking water. And finally, key number six, practice intermittent fasting. Perlmutter advocates a type of fasting known as intermittent fasting. Another way to put it would be specific eating windows and specific fasting windows. The fasting windows vary from four hours to 18 hours. For example, fast for 12 hours, eat for 12 hours, or give yourself the option of eating for 12 hours. So the logic here is that this type of fasting gives your body adequate time to digest and metabolize your food. During the fasting windows, water is the only thing that's permitted. So a quick, quick review of the six keys. Key number one, eat probiotic rich foods. Key number two, go low carb, eat lots of high quality fat. Key number three, enjoy small amounts of wine, tea, coffee, or chocolate. Key number four, eat prebiotics. Key number five, drink lots and lots of filtered water. And key number six is to practice intermittent fasting. The closing notes here for BrainMaker, the key takeaway from this book is that properly caring for your gut can dramatically, dramatically improve the quality of your overall health and well-being in every dimension of your life 
it just pours into every dimension of your life, physically, mentally, and emotionally. Thank you for listening to this Flashbooks audio summary on Brain Maker, the power of gut microbes to heal and protect your brain for life by Dr. David Perlmutter, narrated by Dean Bukhari. For more best-selling business and self-improvement nonfiction book summaries, visit www.getflashbooks.com.